Hello and welcome to Retrospection, a podcast about old films and TV shows. My name's Colin, and remember, power is fleeting, love is eternal. Oh, that was deep. And I'm Paul, and and I can take any form that I wish, or any form you wish. I'm not sure I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I did it. It's kind of creepy. I like, you know, I like to get you on your toes straight away, you know. Oh, hang on. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's well, start I like, I like a meal first. <laughs> Do you? You'll get a meal with me. Don't you worry about that, sunshine. <laughs> All right, quickly moving you can, on. You can, have a, you can have a good nosh. Well, don't bring the noshes back into it. Do you know there's a guy in this film called Nosher Smith? Oh, Is no, Nosher, Nosher Powell. He played, a, he played, a, he played a, a slayer. Oh, that's his real name? Nosha Powell, yeah. You changed that, wouldn't you? <laughs> First name, Nosha. I mean, what, what if that wasn't his real name and he changed his real name to that? Well, he's making a statement to the world, isn't he? Yeah, or maybe he'd been watching Carry On Up the Jungle and he thought, hmm. Oh, good callback. Yeah, I could, uh, maybe I could go for that. I suggest people download the episode, but, you know, don't. Sounds awful. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, you don't you don't want to draw attention to that one. No, you don't. You really don't. It was a bad, it was a bad, bad one. I mean, the episode was good. But this one, this is going to be special. And in this episode, we're taking a look at Krull from 1983, a sci-fi fantasy about Prince Colwyn and his group of outlaws who set out to rescue Princess Lisa from the Beast and his teleporting fortress. Princess Lisa. Lisa, Lisa. It's spelled L-Y-S-S-A. Isn't it? Is Lissa? Okay. I don't know because everybody pronounces it different in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> Even she doesn't call herself the say it right, does she? Because it's no. not her voice. No, she's dubbed. Yeah. Dubbed. Yeah. About, yeah. It stars mm-hmm. Ken Marshall as Colin, Lisette Anthony as Princess Lissa. Although, as we said, her voice is dubbed by Lindsay Krauss. Apparently she was dubbed because uh, the Col- president of Columbia Pictures thought that her voice would work better for American audiences if she sounded American. Oh, I read that it was they because they wanted a more mature voice. Was she a bit squeaky then at that point? I don't know. Wasn't she in a sitcom? Yeah. In the 80s? Um, free Up, Two Down or something like that. <laughs> what the, you said it, Free Up, Two Down. That's <laughs> the way you said that then. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> three up, two down. It's something like that. Or maybe okay. it was two up, three down. But that might have been just a pawn film. Or, or four down, two up. Yeah. How would that work? Four down, two up? No. Yeah. It's yeah. a pyramid, isn't it? Maybe. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Martin as the voice of the beast. Freddie Jones as Yanar. David Batley as Ergo the Magnificent. Bernard Breslau as Realm the Cyclops. Alan Armstrong as Torquil, Robbie Coltrane as Run, although his voice is dubbed by Michael Elphick. Which is bizarre, because it sounds just like Robbie Coltrane doing an accent, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. And there's hmm. a small role for Liam Neeson as Keegan. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. The film's written by Stanford Sherman, who also wrote Any Which Way But Can and The Ice Pirates. Oh, so a good pedigree. Yeah. Can you have a... Is an orangutan pedigree? I don't know. The music... Those, those movies made money. They made money, didn't That's, they? Yes, they, they did. Yeah. <laughs> the music is by James Horner. Yeah, we'll talk about that as well, won't we? Yep. And yep. Cruel is directed by Peter Yates. And it's... 
A very different film from Yates' other work. He'd previously directed the excellent Stanley Baker train heist movie Robbery in 1967. Really like that film. Mm-hmm. Steve McQueen in Bullet in 68. Mm-hmm. Murphy's War. And The Friends of Eddie Coyle. And most of these are pretty realistic films, with some of them having like a documentary style filmmaking, which is kind of a world away from teleporting fortresses. Yeah, in some ways it's kind of reminiscent of when um, the Get Carter guy directed Flash Gordon, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I never thought of that, but you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's such a drastic change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kroll had a $47 million budget and made $16 million. Whoa. <laughs> that's, not, that's not one of our best, is it? No, it's not. No. And apparently this was the most expensive movie made in 1983. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it took up most of Pinewood Studios, including the w- 007 sound stage. So, I mean, they had high hopes for this. I think they, were, they wanted this to be a franchise. They did. And let's, let's mm-hmm. listen to those high hopes with the trailer. On a distant planet, a great kingdom was ravaged by beings who came from the future to conquer the universe. survivors follow a doubtful seer and a throneless king they will hold her in the black fortress you must have help thieves bandits fighters and brawlers desperate men those are the kind of men i need well you heard him we are now an army At the end of an impossible journey, they must fight an invincible enemy. Here's the knowledge you seek. I shall be your king. In the fortress, you will face more than the slayers. What is about to happen to them could never have happened on Earth. Columbia Pictures presents a world apart from anything you have seen before. Crawl. Lovely trailer. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, told you. As you say every time, tells you all you need to know. Hey, are you still in my catchphrases? Yeah. I'm, I- it's taken me ages to to build a brand up like that, and, and you just take it away from me Absolutely. overnight. Uh, yeah, thirty years. That's how it works. Do you have anything else you want to say about the film, or should we just leap right in? Um, just that um, you know there were um, computer games based on this. Yes, yes. There was one for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm sure there's probably there was one it, for the Commodore yeah. Sixty Four. I would imagine that it came out for that. And there was an arcade game as well that they brought out. Oh. Um, the film was originally developed as a Dungeons & Dragons spin-off movie. I also read that that's a rumour and that people, other people say there was no mention of that at the time. So no, it's on IMDb. It's a fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, the, other, the other thing I say, did you read about the Life Force connection? They tried to develop a special claw effect, but it, but in the end they couldn't get it to work. It was a hand with a claw that the nails grow out of the claw, grow out of the hand. What was that going to be in the film? I think it was later in the movie when um, um, 
the seer gets strangled. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because yeah. there's a the hand come, yeah, okay. Yeah, but they, they couldn't make it work at the time. Um, but they got it working a year later, and they used it in Life Force, apparently. Oh. Who who kept working on it when the film's finished? <laughs> That's some dogged working <laughs> yeah, it's on like, it. It's like, well, we've no film for this, but I started it, so I might as well just carry on. I'm, I'm going to get this to work. One day, one day my clawed hand will be seen. <laughs> Mind you, though, it was used in Life Force, so it was probably just laying around. and <laughs> They just found it. They just found it. Oh, that'll do. We'll hey, have that. This works. Let's try this. It was a canon movie, remember? So, Right. Any old tat lying around, we'll have that. Hmm. We'll, we'll get it in there somehow. Yeah. Interesting. And the only thing I was going to say is that Variety described this film as Excalibur meets Star Wars. All right. I'm sure we'll discuss that at some point as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it then. Mm-hmm. We start with the Columbia logo and the music from Wrath of Khan. I mean, sorry. <laughs> you mean the Krull. Cruel theme tune. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. And I've got to say that when that Columbia logo came up, I, the, my first thought was, hmm, got to watch Ghostbusters again at some point. Like, just after this started? <laughs> Literally, as, as the whole thing, and, yeah. and especially with the eerie ooh, music that was going on in the background. Yes, there's a lot of she, choral chanting. Yeah, I thought, oh, Ghostbusters. Mm. Got to watch that again. Yeah, but we're not. So, we see the glaive flying through space and the titles appear. And we should explain what the glaive is, I guess. It's a frisbee. It's a cool frisbee, though, isn't it? It's a frisbee with daggers on the end. Uh, that's like, well, it's more like a boomerang than a frisbee, right? Let's say a boomerang. Yeah, because it, come, it comes back and yeah, somehow and it, doesn't, doesn't cut your hand off when you catch it. It's like they got two boomerangs and stuck them over mm-hmm. the top of each other, slightly off angles, and then put daggers on the end. It's a cool bit of kit. Yeah, it's a nice idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's completely impractical. <coughs> it's completely wasted in the film. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, we'll get to that, won't we? <laughs> so all this opening, it's very, very 80s sci-fi. It's got that epic feel that they try to do in the 80s with them. Mm-hmm. And it's all set in space, the opening, isn't it? Because mm, as the credits continue, an object gets closer in space until we're flying through it. And the object is travelling in space towards a planet orbited by two suns. And we learn that all the visual effects are by Derek Meddings. Yeah, I've got a history with him, haven't I? You do, you do. But these are all space stuff, so you should like this. Well, the the funny thing about this movie is, I do find the work in this, the the model work, okay. Oh, you do? I do, yeah. I, I I think Derek Meddings works best when he's not trying to do reality okay you know if if he's trying to do you know jets or planes or something that that's grounded in reality it looks like a model i don't think jets and planes are grounded i think they fly as as soon as i said it i knew i'd left you open there but um but yeah when he's doing spaceships or 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 fantasy type stuff it, it 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 works better, I think, because you've got no basis in reality to, 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 to compare it to. Okay. And he had a bit more money on this, I think. Hmm, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So this giant mountain-shaped object, which we learn is the Black Fortress, lands on a planet, and the music becomes more ominous, and then we get a narrator. Mm-hmm. This... You're going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to do it. 
I want a good. I'll sit back for this. <coughs> let, me, let me settle in. Don't bother. Don't bother. Oh, your your deliveries are amazing. I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Hmm. This it was given me to know that many worlds have been enslaved by the beast and his army, the Slayers. And this too was given me to know that the beast would come to our world, the world of Cruel. And his black fortress would be seen in the land. The smoke of burning villages would darken the sky, and the cries of the dying echoed through deserted valleys. But one thing I cannot know, whether the prophecy be true, that a girl of ancient name shall become queen, that she shall choose a king, and that together they shall rule our world, and that their son shall rule the galaxy. Yeah. Encore! Encore! Okay, this, it was given... Oh, no, no! <laughs> it's alright. So, uh, not really sure about any of that. <laughs> to be honest with you, I wasn't listening. I, was, I wasn't listening then, and I wasn't listening at the time. Well, I, it was good, though. It sounded thanks. good. Yeah, but the, the, my problem is, is that, and that the sun shall rule the galaxy. They don't have spaceships. Ah, but yeah, but, but the, if there were sequels, you don't know what could happen. They're, not, build, obviously... no, they're not building spaceships between one generation from parent to son in that amount of time. They're not learning how to fly into space. Well, the, 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 the Beast's hideout is a spaceship, isn't it? It's, well, yeah, but it's destroyed. It doesn't belong to them. They didn't. Uh, who's to uh, say that they don't find... You can, always, you can write something. You find something buried no. at the it's end nonsense. of the movie. It's ruined the whole film for me. It's done right there. Right, let's pack it up. Yep. <laughs> As this narration is droning on, we see a castle, and we get the first look of a giant herdu with a young Lisette Anthony attached to it. <laughs> You've got to be careful what you say about her these days, you know. Yeah, but that's a lot of her. She is. She's. She's. She's very. Um, I think bouffant is 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 the correct phrase, isn't it? I, I don't know. You know more about women's hairstyles than me. Yeah, I know a lot about her styles, don't I? Other people's. Yeah. Other people's, yeah. That's why I know about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she she looks good, though. Is that it, is it okay to say that? Yeah, yeah, she's very attractive. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Princess Lissa stands wistfully, and her father, Earwig, or Earwig, as I thought he was called at first, dressed in a rather fetching purple and pink, greets her. Mm-hmm. She wonders why Colwyn hasn't arrived, and her father says he may have been forced to travel through the forest and the stone country. All the roads are held by the slayers, and Colwyn may not get through. Yeah, I guess traffic is bad. <laughs> this, this is just Basil Exposition going on. Oh, here, yeah, totally. totally. I mean, we get, <laughs> while they're talking, we see the knights on horses travelling along paths through hills. Yeah, we don't even get to watch the actors as they're doing the lines, do we? We, no. we get a montage of people on horseback yeah. and doing what he's talking about. Yes. And Lisa suggests that her father would be glad if Colwyn didn't get through. He says he sent people to help, but doesn't see a point in assisting his oldest enemies led by Turold. Lisa points out that meanwhile the invaders are destroying their world and that only if they do have an alliance then they can save the planet. I, I have to say that at this point I realised that I was watching the... Uh, Travelling arm of the Royal Shakespeare Company in full swing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yeah. That's what we get in this movie, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah. We're, we're one step away from a forsooth, aren't we? Yeah. At all times, yeah. 
But it is an interesting twist that um, it's the father not wanting the marriage to go through, and it's the princess that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Although when they were talking, and they're talking about the marriage, and they're looking over the scenery, I did expect him to throw the doors open and go, one day all this could be yours! <laughs> There's a lot of that in this movie. <laughs> there really is. Holy Grail was always at the back of my mind through a lot of this. There's a there's a shot where the 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 riding on the horses towards the castle as he's doing the narration, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself, don't get too close to it because you're going to hit it. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> you're literally going to ride straight into that model that's that's perched up on that hill. Yeah, but, but she seems very up for the marriage. Colin apparently is a great fighter. Oh, he's very up for it. A father says, "Oh yeah, great fighter, make bad husbands." He does, and then we. See Colin and Tolrod enter past the painted backdrop onto the set. <laughs> You've got to say, these trousers are particularly tight, aren't they? I, to be, actually, got... to be honest, I didn't notice. I forgot you're, you're the costumer. Yeah, he's got to be careful getting on and off them horses because, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to do himself a mischief if he's not careful. Yeah, he could become a farmer. Okay. I'd have two acres. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> have you got that? Have you got that noise that we used for the carry on thing? <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is totally a carry on dad joke. Right. That's where we are at all times. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrass myself. Ah, You're sweating no, now, aren't really, you? <laughs> not really. Quite enjoyed it. Um, that's where I am, though. Okay. Two-year-old two uh-uh. is annoyed that no help came, even though Elric claims he sent 20 men. Elric points out he didn't choose the marriage, but neither did Two-year-old. Cohen says, yes, I did, and so did the princess. Mm-hmm. And then, Although they don't seem to have met each other up to this point, though, as we find out in a minute, don't they? Oh, did you get that? I didn't get that. I thought they had just well, been they, away for a bit, because she says, well, oh, when's he coming back? So he must have been there before. Well... well I, I presume you're going to talk about the scene in a minute where he walks in and she's playing hide and seek with him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Colin Continue, and, Colin, and then I'll jump in. All right. Colin and Lisa meet up. They chit-chat. Done. Mm-hmm. There you go. The wedding ceremony. Well, he looks her up and down and says, I've chosen well. Yeah, yeah. Almost as though he's never seen her before. It's the dress. He's never seen her in that dress before. And, and like, he's been away from her. For, for whatever period of time. And so he's like, oh, as if seeing her anew, his love has blossomed. Okay. All right. Remember, love is eternal. And she, <laughs> she starts talking to him and saying like, oh, a father claims that good fighters make bad husbands. That depends, he replies. On what, she says. On whether you expect a husband to follow you around and jump whenever you clap your hands. Hmm. Sounds like marriage to me. Uh, you know what? I wrote exactly the same thing in my notes. <laughs> but, the, but the dialogue is kind of like, not very good, is it? There's no like lines that you go, oh, that's really good. Pretty much most of the dialogue in this movie is, is quite bad. Like I was thinking I off think. the top of my head, if if they said that, oh, good fighters make bad husbands, that depends, he replies, on what she says. And then he would say, on what you're fighting for, and then take a hand. That would have been mm-hmm. a better line than what they had. It would. It would. You need to jump in that DeLorean and go back. <clears throat> That's just me making it up off the top of my head. These people had a job to do. <laughs> it was the... In, all, in, all, in their defence, though, it was the 80s. Yeah. I mean, there are films uh, with good lines in the 80s. 
Yeah, but they won't crawl. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So they kiss, mm-hmm. and then it's moonrise, and the wedding is about to take place. Can I just say as well, you've got mm-hmm. to admit, though, don't you, that at this point, you, from what we've seen so far, the look of the movie and the costumes, I mean, it's it's it looks fantastic, doesn't it? It's really sumptuous. Yes, and there's a lot of different designs in the costumes. They're not all mm-hmm. the same. There's a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Um, even though a lot of the matte paintings look like matte paintings, they're very nice matte paintings. Did you think so? You, you thought the, they looked like matte paintings? Yeah, the, when, when the horses come in, into that courtyard, you can tell mm-hmm. it's a painting right behind the horse. But it feels more real than stuff that goes on today, I thought. Except for the shadow of the horse on the painting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you saw that, did you? <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> kind yeah, of ruins right. your sense of depth when you can see the shadow. Do you think audiences back in 1983 would have noticed that, though? Well, critics, just us. critics did. Oh, did they? They oh. said that the, effect, the effects were amateurish. Which is amazing, considering, as I said, it was the most expensive movie made in 1983. Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot of cheap movies in 1983. There must have been a lot of other science fiction in 1983, though, shall we? I, I suppose the cost of things is all relative, isn't it? If, if everything else costs a certain amount, and this was this could have been, like, $2 more expensive than, than the thing that was made closest to it, couldn't it? That's true, yeah. Yeah, we don't yeah, know so. what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Turold and Elric announce that the single kingdom has been formed by the marriage of the children, but outside, an army of slayers is approaching, watched by an old man. Now, the wedding ceremony is a little odd. Mm-hmm. It involves some nonsense about fire and water, in which Lisa appears to be fireproof. <laughs> She's got asbestos hands. Oh. I mean, clearly that's that's what's going on. I mean, he's he's going to pay for it later. Yeah, yeah. later in life, he's going to start he's coughing up his lungs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the army of slayers blast through the doors of the castle. Should, Co- should we explain what slayers are, by the way? No, let's leave people in the dark. <laughs> Make them watch this nonsense. Those Buffy fans are going to be confused, aren't they? Uh, take your word for it. Oh, of course, oh, I've got. You're not going to clue, have you? Uh, none, none, <laughs> not a clue. Not a clue. Not a- so the slayers are the bad guys. There you go. I'm done. <laughs> the, the 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 evil guys minions, aren't they? Yeah, they work for the beast. That's right. They work for the beast. <laughs> That's what it's called. And, and it, it is an odd choice, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so Colin sends Lisa with some guards for a rear exit to escape. Uh, the slayers, slayers, the slayers, the slayers, the slayers. The slayers I like that better. The slayers climb the walls of the castle somehow. I, I can tell you exactly how they're doing it. Ropes. They're on big ropes that are being pulled up the side. <laughs> okay. And they have swords and laser guns. Okay. So well, they're we, aliens. They're aliens. Yeah, but we get sword fighting, but they've got laser cannons. Ah, but they've only got one-shot laser cannons, haven't they? That's it. That's it. They've got the one shot. If they miss, that's it. They've got to flip it over and have a fight. That seems like a design flaw. It is a design flaw, but then again, your boss is called the Beast. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, so, do you think the person who designed the swords worked for UFO? <laughs> with the one uh, missile. Yeah, with one on, missile, yeah. and that's it, you're done. 
Could be, couldn't it? And it's yeah. Derek Meddings. That's oh, the link. That's, yeah, absolutely. Ah, you see, yeah. So meanwhile, yeah. Lisa makes her... Sorry, just to, just to go back to the Slayers, though. Don't you think they look good, though? The, the design of the Slayers is, is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, come on, they do. I no, mean, they're, they're... I'm arguing with you. I said yes. What do you want? I mean, it's a clever idea when we find out what the actual Slayer is that's inside the thing. And what is inside the thing? It's, it's like a worm, isn't it? Mmm. Mmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, mmm, worms. Yeah, I was thinking. You get, uh, yeah. Okay, worms are your... Hungry. Well, you, yeah. Oh, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so, yeah, they are good. They are nicely designed. They're very... Mm-hmm. I can imagine as a kid, I would be like, oh, those are scary. Oh, I thought they were way cool as a kid. I, I mean, I saw this in the cinema in 1983. I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I presume you did as well. Can't remember. Not sure if I did or not. Yeah, I, I saw it in the cinema, and I remember being blown away by the Slayers. I mean, not literally, because, you know... But... Yeah. <laughs> They'd have missed. Yeah, that's true. They'd only have one shot. <laughs> And they're not very good, are they? No. No, you think if you've trained with one laser, you'd make it count. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd wait till you're really close before you used it. Do you imagine, you, you know, you graduate from Slayer Academy, you're all pumped up, you get your weapon, and you go, uh, so what, what, where's the other ammo? No, no, that's all you get. You get the one. It'll be good, though. Make it count. Yeah, but, so, well, 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 they would have been trained on this at Slayer Academy. You don't do an academy and they don't train you on your weapon. Well, no, that's what an academy is. They, tra- they train you, don't they? Yeah. So so you said when they've graduated. Uh, yeah, but maybe they, they don't. Maybe they, they, they only train with wooden slayer weapons. Oh, so they don't even get a real one? That's right, yeah. They don't get a real one until they graduate because, you know, ah, they're dangerous okay. weapons. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be completely signed off health and safety reasons, you know. I still think the training's at fault because clearly they're being told that to fire the laser when they're really, really far away from the enemy and are going to miss them and then run up and try and stab them. Surely it'd be run up to you really close and then fire. I think they should get onto the Slayer Union. Yeah, I think Don't so you? too. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly, they're clearly being used. Exactly. Out, out, out. Yeah. Not, no, not like that. No. I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm not outing Slayers. Down tools. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, so back to the film. Lisa makes her way through the passageway, but she's stopped by Slayer guards, and a fervor is killed. Meanwhile, Colin mm-hmm. is fighting in a kind of slap hazard Errol Flynn way by <laughs> almost swinging off objects and fencing. I mean, it's fun, but it doesn't really make sense. No, I, I wrote... You know, it's it's lots of Richard Lester type swashbuckling going on here, isn't there? Yeah, it's like they said, like, oh, we want you to swing from this and swing from that, and then when they did it, they went, yeah, it's not really working, but just do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it does look a bit looks a bit weak, doesn't yeah, it? Let's yeah. just say. Yeah. So he sees Lisa being taken away, and then oh, his own father is killed, and as he mm-hmm. tries to get to her, he is knocked out by a blast from one of those lasers. Now, there's two things here. Um, the first thing is that when he gets shot by that, I mean, the way he flies through the air and hits those steps, I mean, his back's broken, isn't it? Yeah, he's dead. He's out. But previous to that, when those two slayers drop down in front of Lissa, mm-hmm. and she's with her three guards, mm-hmm. and the, the slayers take out two of those guards, leaving the one guard, don't they? Yeah. Wouldn't, 
wouldn't it be wouldn't it be quite funny if she looks around and the guy's just dropped his sword and he's running off that would be great because that's what you do wouldn't yeah. you yeah you wouldn't Absolutely. try and take on those two slayers by yourself, would you? Like, bugger this. Yeah, two, right? Yeah, I'm off. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some humpty in a white dress. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, you know, you're all right, love, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not paid <laughs> enough for this. Not really, you know. No. You're, just, you're just some Joe, aren't you? He's turned up for work hey, that day. King is dead. Long live the king. Who doesn't matter? Exactly. I'm working for as long as I get a paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah, and you might get one of those cool slayer outfits. That's true. Although you would have to get a worm put inside. I'm sure he's had worse. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Lisa is taken. The Slayers have killed everybody. The castle is decimated. The king is dead. It's not the best wedding planning we've ever seen. I don't know. I've been to worse. Your own? Lisa is taken. They <laughs> <laughs> get my wife writing in. <laughs> Agreeing with you. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Lisa's taken to the Beast's Fortress. Mm-hmm. So the next day, the old man that we saw appearing at the Slayers approaching the White Castle, he mm-hmm. removes a medallion from Tuvold's body. The medallion medallion, has an image of the glaive on it. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what he's doing, so for all intents and purposes, he's just looting the bodies, isn't he? That's it? what I thought he was doing, actually. Mm-hmm. But apparently not, because when he comes to Colwyn, he starts to apply... A medicinal poultice to Cohen's wounds. Medicinal poultice? Yeah. Wasn't that a, a B-side on a, a Beatles, Beatles single in the 60s? I believe they were a prog rock band. Oh, medicinal poultice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It they, they does sound like a prog rock band. It does, it? Yes. Yeah. Cohen wakes up screaming. Oh, it is a prog rock band. No. <laughs> Cohen wakes so, up... Uh, no, Ken Marshall makes some... Interesting acting choices here, doesn't he? We start screaming Lisa's name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He asks the man who he is. Mm-hmm. The man says he's Yenaya. And Colin calls him the old one. What's the What's the problem with the acting here, Paul? Well, he, he's, uh, he, he kind of wakes up and he starts screaming and then he starts crying. And then he gets over it pretty quick, doesn't he? Yeah, I think, well, he's like, he's like crying, my dad's dead, my dad's dead. And, and, and your nurse says, you know, you're king now. He's like, my dad's been... Oh, that's right, I'm king. Hmm. <laughs> Result. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just Luke and Obi-Wan, isn't it? Yes, it is, mm-hmm. definitely. But you can't really fault it for that, because, I mean, George Lucas stole the whole thing from various sources anyway, didn't he? So... That's true, that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Yanaro's come from the mountains because he knows he is now needed. And he passes the medallion to Colin, who realises his father is dead, but there's no time for grief. No, and he says, I am Freddie Jones, and I shall loudly proclaim all of my limes in a booming voice. Correct. Yes. Colin says, you haven't lost a bride and a father on the same day. And Yanaro tells him that Lisa will be held in a black forest and that he will need help to rescue Lisa from the beast. Colin says, oh, I'll just get people on the way. Oh, you know, says, you need more than people. You need the power of the glaive. Colin says, mm. well, that's just a symbol. It doesn't really exist. Please go away, old man. <laughs> and then we get another exposition journey, don't we? We do, we do. Because you know, tells him that the glaive exists in a mountain and you'll need it to defeat the beast. He says only the right man can retrieve the glaive is 
calling that man. Oh, we will see. Yeah, so now we got the Earthrun legend. Mm-hmm. And that's all done in... Um, I mean, it's a, it's a montage, isn't it? Again, yeah. people on horseback and, and um, ADR dialogue over the top of it. Yep. Because we travel mm-hmm. through the mountains and Colin then heads alone to the glaive's supposed location. There's a little rock fall, but Colin gets through and continues his climb. And mm-hmm. continues his climb. And then, we enter Star Trek Three. Yeah. Music then, wise, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Then 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 he continues his climb. Then there's a bit more climbing. <laughs> are, we, are we done yet? Colin No, 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 still still climbing. Wow, you better make you know, this musically exciting, Connor. Still climbing. <laughs> He's not a patch on Shatner in Final Frontier, is he? No, no, no. He, he'd been not. up that mountain like a whippet. Yeah, if there's a pie on top. <laughs> now, now, is that a northern gag or is that a Shatner gag? Are you saying, uh, what are you saying? Oh, pick, you pick. It's up to you. Go for oh, it. Let's leave, let, let's leave it vague for the listener. Yeah. Make your choices. Three days later, in real time... Colwyn finishes his climbing. I'm getting a sense from you here. <laughs> There's a hissing. <laughs> and he enters the cave. How did he know that this was the place? Had he been tried previous caves? Well, this is it. I mean, they could, this could have been like the 25th cave that they've tried. Yeah, he just keeps wandering into caves. I did think that wouldn't it be funny that when he got in there and he did all he'd done, he climbed up that entire mountain that took him 25 minutes to climb up and some bugger had already been there and took it. Oh, the old guy gone. Oh, wait, it's here <laughs> at the bottom. Sorry. Can I can I have jelly for tea, please? <laughs> <laughs> so inside this cave, there's lava, smoke, and bursts of red light. Uh, fire. I mean, sorry. Cohen sees something in the lava. He puts his hands in because he's fireproof as well now. Flames. Who told him to do that? He just does it. You know what I mean? Where did he get the... Oh, do you know what? I'll put my hand in that. Yeah. He's It'll like, be all right, won't it? He's like <laughs> one of those idiot kids, isn't he? <laughs> if you say so. Flames leap from his arm, but they don't burn him, and he pulls out the glaive-shaped rock. The outside falls apart in stop motion, and revealing the golden bejeweled weapon with daggers on the end. It's his lightsaber. Hmm, it is. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. things get a little weird. We zoom in on Lisa standing in a giant statuesque eye. Yeah. And a voice tells her that she has been brought here for a marriage, that she will be given jewels. And then there's a heartbeat. Very deep voice, isn't it? Yeah, very, 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 yeah, very deep. Yeah. Much deeper than what you just attempted. <clears throat> it's very deep. Jeff, why, why do you do an accent when you do a deep voice? Because that's the only way I can do it. So, so the only way you can do a deep Excuse five, me. Oh, you need to cut back on the six. Whoa. Carry on. So there's the heartbeat and there's heavy breathing. Yeah. yeah it's very, it, it, very strange it, scene. The, the beast's lure is very, um, it's very avant-garde, isn't it? Avant-garde and it's weird. It's not cheap, but it kind of looks cheap. <laughs> It's like if the BBC had got um, a couple of quid more, isn't it? Yes. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut back to Yunair, who's waiting for Colwyn. He arrives, and Yunair tells him not to use the glaive until he really needs it. Or not. 
as the case may be. So mm-hmm. Colwyn wants to go to the Black Forest. You now says, well, that's not going to be easy because the fortress moves at moonrise and is never in the same place. Mm-hmm. Because the fortress teleports. It does. But had to fly to get to the planet. Ah, ah, but I've got an answer for this. Oh, oh, you've been thinking about this, right? I have, yeah. So it it can only teleport in Uh an atmosphere. In space, it has to move very slowly. So so why went it got into the atmosphere? Did it not just teleport to the surface instead of landing like a ship? Because, because, okay, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the time it took to enter the atmosphere and then right itself, why expend maybe it takes a lot of energy to teleport maybe that's why they can only do it at certain times of the day because it once it's expended that energy it has to rebuild the energy are you saying there's like a slayer who after a teleport has to go plug the fortress in yeah i'm saying i'm saying that you've got about 25 slayers all on pedal bikes right it takes them a day pedaling fiercely takes them a day to get up enough energy to be able to teleport that's why it can only do it at sunrise all right Seems plausible. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's as plausible as anything else in this film, isn't it? Yeah. So they got to figure out how to uh, find the Black Fortress. They should have mm-hmm. used Google Maps. <laughs> that would have been easy. Within it would have hun- been out of date, though. Well, yeah. But also, within 100 yards, the Black Fortress will be on your left. No, right. No, left. No, no, no. It's straight ahead. Shit, not in the lake. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yunar says to get to the fortress, they will need the help of the visions of the blind Emerald Seer. Okay, never has a name been so contradictory. It's like saying we need the running speed of No Legs Barry Fastwalker. (laughs) No Legs Barry Fastwalker? Yeah, you know him? He rings a bell, I have to say. I'm sure I've met him. Yeah, it's, yeah it's only if the bell's really near him because it takes so long to get to it. Yeah, but you'd, you have to ring it really hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it is a stupid name. But, but when you see him later, I mean, it is basically a case of, you know, it does exactly what it says on the tin, doesn't it? I mean, he is the emerald blind seer, isn't he? Only because he keeps his eyes closed. He's dumping his eyes. See everything then. <laughs> but you know that ruins the that ruins the, the you know the mystique, doesn't it? Yeah, visions of the man who closed his eyes but could just open them. Blind Emerald Seer. That should have been his full I think, name. I, to be honest with you, when we get to him, there's more to worry about than 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 the name. I think yeah, that's true. So mm. now says, "Well, it's a day's journey, and they head off through vast vistas and small sets." But it's all intercut very nicely, so... Yeah, gorgeous. As they sit by I'm, a river... I'm sensing a theme here from you. I'm, the, I'm, I'm a bit worried where this is going. <laughs> As they sit by a river, a fireball shoots past and lands in the water. There's a gurgling sound and a man steps out saying, Oh, I'm drowning. He asks where he is and you know, tells him. It turns out the man is a thousand miles off course. And he tells the story of a man with a pie and a windowsill and... What did the man expect? He chased and he turned into a fireball to fly away. <sighs> Colwyn says, well, perhaps the man expected to eat it. The man finds this rude and threatens to turn Colwyn into a goose, but ends up turning himself into one. <sighs> he turns back into himself and leaves. Colwyn tells him that the forest is not safe and that the man should travel with them. 
The man says, I am Urgold the Magnificent, and I do not travel with peasants and beggars. Corwin lets him go. As Urgo enters the dark forest, he sees a cyclops and runs back screaming and joins Corwin and Yuna. Now, now, this wizard, he's, he's, he's annoyed, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's not funny, let's no, face it. He's, he's not, not funny. And he's annoying. Yeah. And that. every time he's on screen, you kind of go, oh, do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> but we do. Can we just skip this bit? But we get to meet Bernard Breslau with his one eye. Yeah, but briefly at this moment, he doesn't say anything or do anything. Say briefly. No, but I'm not being funny, but if you walk through a dark wood and you bumped into a one-eyed Bernard Breslau, you'd shit your pants, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So the fortress moves from teleports from a hot location to a snowy scene, which it's got to be tough for finding the right clothes, right? And what if you packed all your winter stuff? Boy, yeah. They don't seem to bother. No, I guess not, but... I guess because it doesn't change the temperature inside because Lisa doesn't go, oh, it's chilly now. So, yeah. I just had a thought. I wonder what the time frame is in all this journey. Well, we've had one day because they say it takes one day to get from the Colwyn's place to the Blind Emerald Seer. So they've gone from rock climbing... And the fortress has moved once and moves at moon, right? So that's one day. So they've gone through rock climbing desert... Mm-hmm. And now this, all in one day. Yeah. Wow. That's that's some moving, isn't it? Well, there's a lot of, lot of changes of scenery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hope the councils have got that sorted out. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Could be tricky. Could be tricky. Yeah. The beast, who we still haven't seen, says mm-hmm. that Lisa is... <laughs> For good reason. <laughs> yeah. Lisa is free to go wherever she pleases within the fortress, and that this is the palace she will rule the world from as his queen. And, and Lisa that's, that's, just, all we, that's all we can wish for, really, isn't it? Yeah, and Lisa just runs backwards and forwards, pretty much for most of the film. She does. She runs up a corridor, then back down a corridor. Yeah. Then, then up a corridor. Yeah. Then down a collapsing corridor. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really do much. She doesn't. Well, I mean, if someone offered you to, uh, you know, rule the world at someone's side as their queen, you'd take it, wouldn't you? Already have, mate. Already have. Back with Colwyn and the old man, Yanar has chosen the shortcut, but men are waiting. They're surrounded by a band of bandits, thieves and desperate men. Colwyn says that's just the kind of men he needs. Oh, yeah, right. Yay. Oh, sorry. Wrong film. (laughs) (laughs) Colwyn says, would you follow the king to the Black Fortress? The leader, Torquil, says he wouldn't follow his own father there. Keegan says they follow prophet. Colwyn tries a different tact about fame. Tarquil says, fame is an empty purse. And Yunair says, this is the kind of fame you can leave to your sons. And Tarquil wonders how Yunair knew he had sons, and this goes on for days. Then Colin, <laughs> <laughs> Colin points out that his sons would be the slaves of the slayers. Then Todd Curti from EastEnders jumps into frame and says, leave it out, Dot, I'm going down the calf. Well, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He says, I have no sons, but I'll follow you. Yeah, and he's the only one that sounds really posh, isn't he? Yeah, because he's probably... Because, yeah. I mean, there's a vast array of accents going on amongst this band of thieves, isn't yeah. there? You've got Cockney, you've got Scottish, mm-hmm. you've got Irish, you've got Northern, hey, up, lad. Yep, yep. <laughs> isn't Everything. there, you know? And it, I mean, it's basically a gang of all the future British institutions, isn't it? You've got Alan Armstrong, Liam Neeson, Robert Coltrane, they're all in there, aren't they? Todd Carty. And Todd Carty. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. 
The others laugh and Colin says, this boy shames you all. He takes out some keys and unlocks the manacles of the boy. Tarquil mm-hmm. knows that only the king or the Lord Marshal has these keys and Colin doesn't look like Lord Marshal, so he realises that this is Turo's son. It's indeed the king. They don't say much persuading, do they? No, it's, 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 it starts off like they're trying all these different ways of persuading him and then when he sees he's got keys, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, all right then. In all fairness, though, I mean, what? You're, you're hanging out all day in a cave waiting for people to come through and mug them? I mean, you'd take anything, really, wouldn't you? I guess. I mean, I mean foot traffic in a cave is probably not great, is it? I mean, they, they haven't picked the greatest place to, to lay and wait for, you know, for suspecting muggies, have they? Yeah, you should yeah. have to choose a village or a town. No, no, I've got it. We've got to sit in this cave. Yeah. Cause some, somebody's going to pass through here at some point, aren't they? Choose this deserted location. Yeah, yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Tarquil agrees that his men will follow Colwyn and that if they succeed, Colwyn should unlock their manacles. Meanwhile, the Cyclops watches. He keeps Ooh. his eye on them. The oh, next day, God. while Ergo is picking oh, blueberries. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're a Cyclops and you get conjunctivitis, you're screwed, aren't you? You are, yeah. Yeah. It's not funny. It was just a thought just that occurred to me. <laughs> the next day, while Ergo is picking blueberries, the Cyclops throws a pitchfork and Ergo faints. The Cyclops leaves. I mean, I think he leaves. You don't actually see him go away, but no one suddenly can see him. No. You know, what, was that, what was that one Slayer doing there? I, he was just happily having a pee up against the tree, and next I minute mean, you get you get staked by some Cyclops with a great big pitchfork. Yeah, the Slayer was having a slash. Oh, God. <laughs> do, you think, do, you think they, do you think he makes that noise when he's having a slash? Depends which. You know that scream that they, that they do yeah, when they die? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's how they spot him. Uh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, revives him. Ergo wakes up yelling about a cyclops and a creature. He says that the cyclops for a spear at him. Bjorn says the spear was meant for the slayer on the other side. And then he explains the backstory about the Cyclops and the Slayers and that the Cyclops now know when the time of death is due. Yeah, so aren't the Cyclops another race of aliens that were brought to that planet and he's the one, only one that's left? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Whatever. But, it's, you know. <laughs> just a fill. Give us a fuck. <laughs> if you like, if you like. <laughs> you head into the forest and see a face of a cliff. You now just walks into the cliff and the others follow him inside. And inside is a home. And they, yeah. They make their way through yeah. the living rooms. They find a man sitting in the center room, bathed in light. Next to him ah, is a young boy. We, we won't discuss what's going on there. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. He's his... Um, he's his... Um, uncle. Uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've all got one of those. Oh. <laughs> Yunar tells him that the new king seeks the Black Fortress. The man recognises Yunar's voice and agrees to have a vision of the fortress and find its location. Meanwhile, Tarquil sees some gems and uh, sneakily pockets one. He is, after all, a thief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ergo asks if the boy has candy and the boy offers him a cinnamon bar, which looks like a nut-encrusted dog turd. It does, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It, it looks like the it looks like one of those chocolate bars that you've seen laying around on, on the floor yeah, at school for about, a, for about a week, doesn't it? It does. The boy says his name is Titch. 
Yeah. Uh, do you think that name was given to him? By yeah, his uncle. By uncle, yeah. By his quote-unquote uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant yeah. Uh, quotes. The seer levitates a gem, and an image forms in the air. It's the Black Fortress. But a hand reaches out and crushes the gem, and a fierce wind howls. Oh, the beast does not like curious seers. He's too powerful for the seer, but not if they go to the Emerald Temple. Uh, the, when the hand came through the um, through the, the vision of the Black Fortress, I thought this just like the um, you know the holograms from Discovery, but only better. What this is better than Discovery? I'm saying the holograms look better in this than in Discovery. The holograms in this look better than the ones in Star Trek Discovery. They do. Well, they don't work, do they, in Discovery? But that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. You mean like the app? Do you mean in the world, not like as a special effect in a film or a TV show? In in the world, yeah. in the world of Kroll, this seems to work better oh, yeah, than, yeah. The, okay. than the holograms in Star right. Trek. Discovery. I just thought you'd lost all your senses for a second though, but I, I understand what you're saying now. Stay with me. I know. I know it's you know. Yeah. It's difficult time at times, you know. But so the seer agrees to go with them, even though they have to traverse the swamp. They head through the swamp. They do. Tarquil opens the pouch containing the emeralds he stole, but ha, they're now rocks, and the seer chuckles to himself. <laughs> it chuckles, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it is a funny word. <laughs> I, I put it in for you. <laughs> Out of the lake rise the slayers, and a fight begins, with the slayers wielding their laser cannon, and the heroes with sticks and swords. It's a good action sequence, though, isn't it? Yeah, I, I do like the way that the Slayers slowly emerge out of the out of the water. Yeah, they're probably waterlogged. They're probably full of water. <laughs> well, those rubber suits. Yeah, they're just draining out. It's a good <laughs> job is they're all like spurting out the holes. I beg your pardon. Yeah, you heard. The Cyclops appears and kills the Slayer. And the fight continues, and then the Slayers are defeated. <laughs> Did you notice the the band of thieves? You know, all the guys have got swords, knives, axes, and one guy's got a net. Hmm. Who's that's she? all he's got he's got a net and oh I didn't see any woman what are you talking about Annette who's she no wow <laughs> <laughs> you know I said it it came out of my mouth and then I thought ah oh, shit Ergo <laughs> <laughs> goes over to the Cyclops and discovers that his name is Rel mm-hmm mm-hmm I thought I'd, I'd heard. I thought I'd heard of him before because his name rings a rel. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, is that where we're, is that where we're at? We're doing yeah, puns. I just did that. Then I'm going to cut that out because that's terrible. Oh. Come oh. On, no, you, leave it in. I want people to know. I you got to gotta try this stuff. You got to try it. Exactly, Col- and I want people to know the depth <laughs> that you're mining. You know. Cohen asks Rel to join them, and Rel agrees. They continue their way through the swamp. Ergo talks about how if you could have what he wished for, he would wish. To sit on a big gooseberry pie. Why, oh would God, you wanna, this... why would you want to sit on a pie? Him and these gooseberry pies. I wish he'd shut the fuck up about gooseberry pies. He mentions it every five bloody minutes. Why you sound like you were on the journey with him? I, I was. I, I mean, it felt like But why it. would you want to sit on one? Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure it's uh, it's got its merits. Oh, I don't think of any. I've sat on worse. Why would you want to... <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> Titch says he would wish for a puppy. And Rel? Well, he'd wish for ignorance. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people doing that these days, isn't there? Now, I don't know what I was thinking, but I did not hear him say the word ignorance, and I had to rewind him. Because... Oh, this should be good. (laughs) (laughs) Strap in. (laughs) I don't know why, but for some reason, I thought he said Big Muffins. (laughs) Big Muffins. I have no idea why it sounded like that. Well, in in many ways, we all wish for those, don't we? And I I leant back and I was like, well, you can take the actor out of the carry-on films, but you just can't take the carry-on out of the actor. But then I rewound and it was like, oh, ignorance. It's far deeper (laughs) than what I first thought. (laughs) You're thinking about it. It doesn't even sound sound anything like ignorance. Not angry with you. Totally agree. It doesn't. I'm not being funny, but were you on drugs when you watched this? No, I was just looking at some (laughs) big muffins. Well, we all like a muffin, don't we? Yeah. You know, there's nothing better than filling a a, a, a big muffin with something meaty, is there? You're going to cut that out, aren't you? Oh, yeah, cut that out, because who the hell puts anything meaty in a muffin? Even as a rude thing, it doesn't work. Oh, a good, a nice sausage p- p- pate. In a muffin? Yeah. Do you, do you know what a muffin is, right? It's a cake. No. Okay, then muffins mean something different over here than what they do. Unless you just... Unless, no, no, no. unless this is like your bandana that you now don't... Oh, does the world now discover that Paul doesn't know what a muffin is? <laughs> no, hang on. Hang on. Um, what are those things that you get where they're like bread, but you cut them in half in the morning? What are those called? They're muffins, aren't they? Crumpets? No, you know, like you get... Tea when cakes? you get like... You, you have sausage and egg on them and stuff. They're muffins, aren't they? No. Yes, you know, you you, you can get them at McDonald's. Oh, an egg sausage. McMuffin. That's the one. They're muffins, okay. aren't they? No. But it says they're muffins. Yeah, but that's a McDonald's thing. I'm sorry, but it's McDonald's. If they say they're muffins, then they're muffins. All right, I'm changing this podcast. It's going to be about muffins from now on. <laughs> I think we should do a spin-off podcast all about muffins where we debate the merits or not of muffins. All right, a muffin is an individual-sized baked product. It can refer to two distinct items, a pat-raised flatbread and a cupcake-like quick bread. You see, now you're just quoting science at me and I've switched off. Yeah. Yeah. We have don't very, do science. We have very different opinions don't, on Don't start muffins. throwing facts at me. Oh, you, oh wait, now, you're, <laughs> yes, you're thinking of a toasted buttered flatbread muffin. I was thinking of the other type of muffin. That's the one. That's okay. what I was thinking so we of, were, exactly. We, we were both correct. We were just totally different muffins. We, we like different muffins. We were at different ends of the muffin spectrum. Oddly, I like the bigger muffins and you like the smaller ones, which previous evidence would say that would be wrong. <laughs> And uh, I, I have plead no idea the, is, what... it, is it? I plead the fifth. Is that the one? <laughs> no, that, that's the one that says you can sleep with a donkey. I'll, I'll, well, I'll plead that one as well. No, no. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea what to do with this in the edit now. <laughs> if in doubt, leave it in. <laughs> I don't think that's the phrase. <laughs> you know, did you notice it didn't rhyme? If in Who doubt, it rhymes? no, no. If in doubt, leave it out. See, that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> it's not that's supposed... not been my. That's not been my experience, Colin. <laughs> if in doubt, leave it in. Uh, 
No. That's the way I roll. Yeah. <laughs> Poetically incorrect. Uh, yeah, but you aesthetically true. Okay. So, yes. anyway. <laughs> Back to the movie. Was hey? there a movie? There was a movie. Okay. So. Technically. We cut to Lisa. And you said her name's not Lisa, but I'm calling her Lisa. Whatever you like. Running around, but meeting guards blocking away. She sees a gold gown and crown. Oh, but she refuses to accept it. She tries to escape, but is trapped. And she just keeps doing that. It's a lousy role for Lisette Anthony. Did you notice that the slayers in, in the in the beast's lure seem to be white for some reason? Because uh, of a dress. Matches. Also, it's a wedding. What, so- you don't want black at a wedding. So he decked his slayers out, and uh, you know he, he was he was looking at the aesthetics of it all. Yeah, he had a, like, a, lot, a lot of swatches, and he went through. Well, he, th- he thinks it through this beast, doesn't he? Yeah, of course he does. I, I mean, mean, in some ways, in some ways, he's you know being called the beast does him a disservice, doesn't it? Because he's obviously an erudite, you know, deep thinking kind of guy. Or this, maybe he's just misunderstood. Misunderstood beast. Yeah. yeah, we all know we all know that, don't we? Yeah, that was your. Nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would give me indigestion. (laughs) Back in the swamp, they find themselves sinking. It's the power of the beast, says the seer. Well, yeah, but it's a swamp. So, you know, people sink in swamps. I'm thinking you're giving the beast a little too much uh, credit here. Uh, This is where we get the quicksand moment, isn't it? Yes, yeah. No, I'm not being funny, but quicksand moments in films are up there with people, you know, making their way through buildings when there's a something hunting them oh. it's just boring isn't it it's boring. um depends on the film i like the one in the princess bride because it's done well do you, do you want a a, a a really strange admission from me about that if, if you tell me you don't like the princess bride this podcast is finished no it's worse than that how can it be worse than that i've never seen it you've never seen a princess bride no i've seen bits of it You've it's one of my wife's favourite movies. But you, we've, we've got that's even right, worse. You make, I've, you I've make never watch seen the whole your, thing. You make her watch all your shit. <laughs> Not anymore. She's got wise to me. Um, no, I've never seen it properly. So maybe one day we should uh, we should attempt it. Yeah, but it's, it's actually a better quality than one of the normal ones we do in our podcast. Oh, is, is the consensus it's good? So, yeah. Uh, maybe we shouldn't. It's then. a beloved film. Yeah, I'll see it at some point then. Yeah. Everyone tells me it's good. Yeah, but that that's a problem though, isn't it now? Because now it's built up really high, and you're going to be sitting there going, Ugh. "I don't." You're just going to be contradictory for the sake of it. Well, I mean, you get the exact same feeling from me when every time that I tell you that the Satanic Rites of Dracula is a really good film and you should watch it, it's exactly like Princess Bride, isn't it? It's called the Satanic Rites of Dracula. Yeah. The, the clues in the title. It's not going to be a good film. Ooh. <laughs> but that upset people I bet it did we'll cut that out (laughs) alright so now they have to pull each other out of the swamp 
I beg your pardon? I what? knew you was going to do that. <laughs> I even have it written in my resist. notes. Pause for Paul's response. You know me so well. Yeah. So apparently this was a pretty nasty set to work in. Yeah, they had to... I mean, it's basically just water with crap on the top of it, isn't it? Yeah, but, but uh, they had problems with Breslau because he can't see through his prosthetics. Mm-hmm. And he had to be guided mm-hmm. in case he fell in the actual water and stuff and died. Wasn't, it, wasn't, wasn't this... It's funny you should say that because wasn't this his last movie? Oh, I don't know, was it? I think it was. I think he died quite soon after completing this, actually. Oh, well, we're not, you know, associating this film with that. No, not at all. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's a shame that Crawl Crawl was his last movie, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but I don't think he carries a sting of it. You can't tell it's him. Well, I, I, I mean, this is an international movie. I mean, most people outside of the UK wouldn't know who Bernard Breslau was anyway, would they? That's true. That's true. Unless, yeah. of course, you've seen Hawk the Slayer. Yeah. And we will do that at some point, Colin. <sighs> <laughs> God. All right, one of the group is killed and, uh, you know, he's, he's brought under the swamp. He's dead. Gone. Don't know who he is. He didn't get a name. Didn't get any lines. Oh, he got one line. Ah! That was his line. You probably did it better, actually. The seer is approached by a copy of himself, a doppelganger, and this touches him and the seer cries in pain. And then we cut away and Colwyn comes over and takes his arm... And mm-hmm. Tarquil says, oh, no, no, let me help the seer. And when the seer opens his eyes, they are black pools. But no one sees that except the audience. That's right, so yeah. So we know it's not really the seer. Mm-hmm. Rel stays back to guard behind them. Don't know why, but he does. He just He's in the know. <laughs> the what? No, the know of what? He's in the know. You know, he's... What? Taking care of business. That's a phrase, isn't it? What's it? Okay. You mean he's tying one off? He's like, you go on ahead. Uh, I, got a, I got a giant dump I'm going to have to do. I'll catch you up. What? Is that what you're saying? Your idea of taking care of business and mine was completely different. Though. I was... Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll leave right. it there. Okay. Right. Back with the group that CSA's calling that must help him to the tree that they seek. Nobody else can go with them. Mm-hmm. Rel, far behind, suddenly sees the swamp open up and the real seer's dead body is revealed. And he goes, ooh, ecky thump. And he runs. He goes, ecky thump. <laughs> I added that <laughs> bit for a bit of colour. Yeah, we, we've got a floater, haven't we? You do. He's told you. Taking care of business means exactly what I said. <laughs> you shit out an emerald seer. Oh, whew, tell me about yeah. it. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, terrible. You can't flush the buggers. I know, and then and then it, the the water rises up to the top, and then you know it's yeah, 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 yeah. Like stabbing his old beardy face with the plunger, trying to get yeah, him down. Pounding away, and you can't yeah, get it to no, go. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Nothing like yeah. a blind emerald seer in your toilet. <laughs> exactly what Titch says every day. Yeah, that's true. He does. Yeah. Mm. Well, actually, it's usually Titch down the toilet because you know. Uncle Uncle Blind Emerald Sea just sends him down there to clean the uh, toilet. Oh, he's, yeah. T- send Titch down the shitter. Yeah, he's got a terrible life, Titch. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so... This is a quandary for you when you're editing <laughs> this, isn't it? 
I don't know. You're insulting a fake character. I don't think Titch minds. You know. He's not well, real. You say that. But, you know, you don't want to get sued by him, do you? By a fake character? Never know. Anything's possible these days. That's true. So the fake seer grabs Colin and attempts to kill him. Rel, mm-hmm. who's managed to catch them up, throws his pitchfork, stabbing the seer in the back. Colin turns around and he stabs the seer in the front. Yeah, Bernard's so, a, he's a fast runner for a big lad, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow, you went northern. I did, I did, didn't I? Hey, up. He's a fast runner for a big lad. He'll be right. He'll be right. You know, it explains it was a changeling. Now, oh, what can they do about the seer? He now says, hmm, well, we can go to the Widow of the Web, for she has great powers. Okay, why didn't they go to her in the first place? <laughs> I, I got the impression that he's basically taking them all on a tour of his exes. Well, this is what this film does. This film, a character will say, okay, this is the only way we can do this. And then it doesn't work. And then a character says, oh, well, there's this other way that's the only way to do it. And they do that instead. It constantly does this throughout the film. So, do you think that Freddy, Freddy's character is just, he's probably just a bit senile? Oh, you it? think that's what it is? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, we've got, we got to get, do see this Emerald Seer guy. Oh, ooh, look. Mmm, Werther's. Mm, I haven't had one of them in ages. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going around in circles, really. Yeah. Do you remember Dunkirk? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. So, but the widow is feared, and she's known as Death, and that she kills people. Not she's Death. No, 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 hear? no. Don't do the herd of hearing joke. Have you got a better one? I said, don't do the herd of hearing. Can you hear me? Hello. What? What? But you now says he must try and seek her help. Ergo mm-hmm. sneaks out and becomes a puppy to please Titch. Uh yeah. In That's a beautiful uh, moment. Beautiful. Did it touch you? Um, no constable. <laughs> you know, says he must go on alone because if more than one approaches the widow, whew, she'll kill them. Uh, yeah. Keegan reveals he has many wives, and that one lives nearby, and we can get provisions from her, and Ergo can cook while the goes out and does his thing. And then, doesn't, he, doesn't he say about his wife, can she cook? And he goes, it's not her strongest point. Yeah, he does. Because then they're like, well, Ergo says he can cook, he can do it. It, it. It's not a line that would fly today, is it, really? Not really. Not really. No, but we, we are in a, a medieval fantasy land. So That's true. You, and then yeah. Ergo and, does the and cooking. And it's Liam Neeson. Yeah, and it's Liam guy, Neeson. the guy does the cooking, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's yeah, all good. All good. Uh, Meredith does turn up and she has a young woman with her whose home was apparently burnt and this young woman offers food to Colin. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. poor Lisa, she's still just wandering around the palace in the same <laughs> dress she's been wearing for three days now. <laughs> Little stinky. And we get to see the beast, don't we? I beg your pardon? We get, yeah, we get the beast. The beast comes out, right. finally. Yeah. Because yeah. the beast says, oh, you've chosen an insignificant world to rule. I can give you power. But she doesn't want power. The beast assumes the shape of Colwyn. He shows an image of Colwyn the young woman. And the idea was that the young woman would tempt Colwyn. The beast would show this to Lisa and she'd go, oh, Colwyn doesn't really love me. I'll now love the beast. But for some unknown reason, that plan doesn't work. It'd be funny if they cut. If they he, she's com- completely convinced that he's not going to do anything. And they and they show 
the beast shows her in a hologram <laughs> and they're just rutting in the corner. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. He's oh, like, he doesn't mean the, it. The beast, he doesn't mean it. The beast would be like, ooh, that, that went better than I planned. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's quickly trying to capture it. <laughs> so the beast is... save this. Save yeah. this for later. <laughs> in a Kodak moment, to use an old slogan. Exactly, exactly. In the wank bank. Okay. Less of a pleasing slogan. <laughs> and what, what poster that was you on. You don't bank at the wank bank? No. I know you like to take lots of withdrawals. Oh. You don't leave many deposits, though. Weird. No, I make lots of withdrawals. Oh, hang on, that's worse. He <laughs> 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 You done? I'm done. I'm right. done. Yeah. If that's what you say at the wank bank. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> the beast angered. That sounded sinister, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it, it did. Is. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> the beast, angered by the young woman's refusal to help him, kills her. <laughs> What's up? He does. Why is that so funny? Hey, I think it was just the way you said it. <laughs> okay. The beast tells Lisa that if she marries him, he will not kill anybody else. Her fate is now in her hands. What was in your hands? Just asking. Um, a beer? No. Packet uh, of um, packet of uh, Werther's Originals. Tangerine. A tangerine. Mm. Oh, it's a bit, it's a bit sharp, isn't it? No, they're round. <laughs> it's like Markham and Wise, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's eh? really not. <laughs> <laughs> in a cavern, you now enters and seeks the widow. She says, enter here and die. It's not very welcoming. <laughs> and we get to see the big spider, don't we? Yeah, the, the giant stop-motion spider. And lots of webs. Now, <clears throat> this spider, right? I mean... Do... Just this spider, not any other spider, right? Yeah, this spider. Yeah. It doesn't, look, it doesn't look great, does it? I've seen better. No, but... My question to you is this. Do you think it doesn't look great because we're so used to seeing smooth CGI now that when we suddenly confronted with stop motion, our brains can't process it? No, it's because it's shit. But was it shit oh, yeah. back then? Yeah, yeah, Did we yeah. think it was shit no, back no, then? Was, is yeah. what I'm saying. That's yeah. <laughs> all that one yeah, then, hasn't it? Glad we had that discussion. Let's move on. Yeah, so he so right. now continues inward and steps upon the web and the giant spider senses him and moves towards its fresh prey. You now see... And the music tells, the music tells us that we're now entering the Mutara Yes, that's Nebula. right. It gets very, very, very carny, a mm-hmm. little bit raffy. Mm-hmm. You now sees the stop mm-hmm. motion arachnid approach. You now calls to the woman. She gives him time and turns over an hourglass filled with red sand. While the sand is falling, the spider cannot progress. Did she tell him that, that she killed his son? This is when he gets to her, yeah. It gets a little weird. It takes it. It takes yeah, it. Well, I mean, he, he it? sees a skull of a previous victim. Time runs out. He falls. He's then hanging by a web. A spider approaches, but it's too late. He makes it through the web, Phil Carvin. And then this woman has the same name as the princess. They're both called Lisa. Which confused me at first. It confused you. Yeah, because like, it kept calling Lisa. And I was like, oh, wait, is this. Who, who is this? It's not, not the princess in some kind of time thing we're going with here, are we now? Is this. What's going on? No, it. You've seen this movie before, yeah. right? Has it always... Com- um, no, I'm saying like the first time I saw it. 
Oh, so we're not talking that. Didn't confuse you, that. No, I'm saying the first time. First time you see it, it's like, why has she got the same name as that other princess? But you, I would imagine you were a child the first time you saw it. No, 32. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, I was nine. Didn't confuse me. Yeah, but then you get confused by other things that we won't talk about. <laughs> this is true, and we won't talk about it. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Uh, oh, 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 so she's an old woman. Nice callback, by the way. Very good. She reveals yeah. that she had a son and killed him when he was born, and that it was your nurse's son. And like you said, he takes it pretty well. Now, mm-hmm. a, a punishment is to spend the rest of her life as an old lady in a web world with a giant spider. I'm not sure how any of this is supposed to make any sense whatsoever. You know, I, I watched this movie again with um, with my wife. Mm-hmm. And she pointed out to me, or, or admitted to me, that this was the part of the movie that always intrigued her, and she always wished that, that she could see a, a prequel that told her story as to how she ended up in this web and what, what happened between the two of them. I don't know what that says about my wife. Yeah, it's funny, because my reaction is, wow, you could cut this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you won't even need it. You could miss this, easy. He wants to care about this old bloke. We're supposed to be Colin's supposed to be the hero. Why are we spending yeah, time you, here? You want to see some more slayers having their heads, ex- heads exploded, yeah. don't you? That's what you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you want to see this nonsense. Um, so we see this Lisa reflected as a young woman, and this is how you now sees her from the mm-hmm. youth. And now she then she looks completely young. How could I have left you? He asks. Because she's a weirdo, that's why. Your vision is your gift to me, she replies, and there's a lot of drivel goes on here he asked her mm-hmm. to see where the- <laughs> a lot of drift <laughs> you just drifted off into drivel then oh, did you know that no because I was trying to burp at the same time oh he sounded like you oh, and there's a lot of drivel not <laughs> <laughs> a burp there's a lot of drivel <laughs> so he asked to see where the fortress will arise tomorrow um, she tells him but says no man has ever left the web so this information is useless. Also suggests she has a lot of male callers for some reason that I don't know why. Maybe they're calling to find out some visions or something. They're all after that soft, silky, smooth webbing that she's got. Hmm. They want they want to get deep in those folds and that's, experience that's the, gross, the, the silky smoothness gross, of gross. it. Is it? You know, tells her that if she doesn't help, then this world will become a place of darkness. So she shatters the hourglass and he cups the sand, but she warns him that once mm-hmm. the sand is gone, he will die. This Lisa refers back to being old. You know, makes his way through the web while somehow, I don't know how, still holding the sand. And as he drops some, the spider halts. Then he gets out of the cavern and manages to get down to where the others are. He tells them where the fortress is. And as the last grains of sand fall from his fingers, he passes away. Now, the way he delivers these lines here, he, he's doing a, a matinee on a, on a Saturday at, at the Lyceum on a wet weekend, isn't he? That's what he's doing. He's, he's really going for it. He is. He's a professional. He is. <laughs> he is. It's very yeah. lovely, isn't it? So they discovered the, uh, the fortress is in mm. the Iron Desert, or it will be when Moonrise occurs, and the Iron Desert is a thousand leagues away. Mm-hmm. How are they going to get there? Well, Rail points out that firemers can travel a thousand leagues in a day. Well, that's handy. It is, it is. Especially as, well, when they capture these firemers, mm-hmm. why don't they just run away really fast? I don't know. 
because they do they have to lasso him and this lassoing scene goes on forever you've got to say that the, the, these actors are right in the middle of all these stampeding horses aren't they yeah it looks really dangerous doesn't it but yeah at one point, Liam Neeson's trying to fling himself onto one of these horses as he's being pushed by another horse that's on the other side of him. I know. Dedicated people. Yeah, well, he, at that point in his career, he'd probably take what he can get. I think this is one of his first movies, I would have thought. Yeah. So they get the horses and they're going to ride them, but Rel says he can't go with them because now it's his time to die. Yeah, that's a shitter, yeah, isn't it? it is for him. Maybe that's how he's going to die. <laughs> on the Elvis style. Yeah. <laughs> They ride superimposed against a backdrop with fire coming from the horse's hooves. Oh, this blue screen's... It's something special, this blue <laughs> that's screen, one, isn't it? <laughs> that's an interesting term for it, yes. And the whole thing is... Uh, I, I don't know. Are they fast because they're trying to flee the flames coming from their own hooves? They're like, ow, 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 oh, oh, well, hot, hot, hot. <laughs> I had the same thought. And then... I mean, it... it the only time it looks good is when you get the long shot of them running across the big chasm. Right. Yeah. Looks okay there, but when you get all the closer... I mean, are they actual horses on treadmills when they're doing the blue screen stuff? I guess they might be. I mean, they look yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. They look real, yeah, yeah. real horses, don't they? I guess they must be, yeah. I'm not being funny, but a horse on a treadmill, is that not kind of cruel? No, they're running. They're, they're okay. That... It's going at full pelt. Well, maybe it's a fast treadmill. This horse is thinking, I'm not getting anywhere. What do you mean? There's <laughs> trees going, going full... past. It can see those. Oh, yeah, because it looks so yeah, real. right. It feels a horse. <laughs> but it gets worse because, oh, boy. Well, the horses fly. They soar over mountains and valleys. Why do they fly? Why do they fly? Yes. Uh, can you explain it to me? Why do yes, they fly? because they are... I struggle with because this. I struggle. They are required in the plot because the distance is too great. Now, the big problem with this is why don't they just get these horses at the beginning of the film? But we've already said that they've covered leagues and leagues and leagues of distance. So maybe these fire horses only exist in this particular place. No, I'm not buying it. They can fly anywhere. People have them, they bring them. No. It's like the eagles in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, I'd be pissed at Rel for not mentioning about these horses ages ago. Well, he's dead now, isn't he? That's true. So, you know, yeah. So they reach the fortress and climb the outside of it. Doors open here and there, and slayers open fire on the heroes. Suddenly, <gasps> Rail's approaching on a horse. Not sure why he's bothering to turn up now, but he is. <laughs> yeah, didn't he make this whole thing about how, you know, it, it was his time to die, and if he goes against it, then it's going to cause him great pain. He seems all right, though. He gets crushed. Well, uh, until the point where he gets crushed, he seems all right. Oh, yeah, up to that, up to that. Right. Is what I'm saying. You know, but before that, Ron, Robbie Coltrane is killed, but really milks his death scene. He does. He takes one in the belly, doesn't he? Yeah. So they're pinned down by the Slayers. You didn't quite know what to say to that, did you? <laughs> oh, I, I knew what to say. I just knew I shouldn't. <laughs> so they see Rel hurrying up the cliff face. He's hit by lasers, but oh, he keeps going. And then the others follow him, using him as a shield. He gets in. Kills the Slayer and holds the door open so the others can enter. Meanwhile, the sun is slowly rising. If it becomes sunrise, the fortress will vanish and Lisa will be married. They can't hold the door open and it crushes Rel to death. Yeah, he's, he's strawberry jammed, isn't he, basically? Yeah, absolutely. They don't make too much of an effort to save him either, do they, really? No, they don't. They don't. He, he tries to, one of the guys tries to stick his axe in, in the doorway, but that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Mm. So they make way across the cavernous bridge as lasers fly past them. 
It's, it's, the, it's the obligatory, uh, yeah, black hole. The obligatory eighties <laughs> uh, running across the bridge long bridge long shot, isn't it? That we get in a lot yeah. of films. Yeah. Kagan is killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've the got gr- a story about this. Okay, so this was Liam Neeson's character, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Stay yes. with me. Okay, yeah. so uh, picture a nine-year-old me sitting in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Watching full head of her. Yeah, full head of her, believe it or not. Watching this movie with my dad, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there watching this movie with my dad. And this death scene's going on. I mean, it's a pretty... It's a pretty... uh, It's not great, is it? No. No, it's not great. My dad turns around to me and goes, that guy's terrible. He's never going to be anywhere in films. He's never going to make it. He's 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 dreadful. He's the worst actor I've ever seen. He's never going. He's never going to amount to anything. Years later. Years later. Schindler's List happens. Right. My dad's going on to me about how he oh he's a uh, he's the greatest actor i've ever seen this is the best movie this is he, he, he deserves to win all these oscars it's amazing ha 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 i point out <laughs> do you remember a long yeah i was one of, i was one of those i was one of those wankers do you do you remember not much has changed yes do you remember years and years ago when you pointed out to me that he'd never amount to anything my dad's response ah oh, don't remember that <laughs> well, considering now that Liam Neeson appears to be stuck in just churning out second-rate action flicks, your dad was kind of right both <laughs> yes. times. Yes, he was, in in a way. He was right, wasn't in, he? In a strange kind of way. Yes, yeah. yes. Although he's given that up now, hasn't he? Well, until the next one. You reckon? Until it makes money. Mm. Okay, all right. Look, we, we, can, we can look forward to that. Yeah, well, I guess it's hard, though, because it's, it's a physical activity, and he's not a young man. Well, it took him, what, 37 cuts to jump over a fence? Did it? Yeah, and was it Taken 2 or Taken 3, where someone worked out that it, it took him 37 cuts to jump over a fence? In fairness, though, that's, that'd be low for me if I had to jump over <laughs> a fence. <laughs> You'd be, I'd be telling you to just clear, clear your whole day. <laughs> Can you imagine if we Could, tried to do it together? We'd be like... Could be our Standing there going, ooh, ooh, I don't know, look uh, at that, do you? I hope it's a strong <laughs> fence. I'd be like, I'll just go around and see if there's, you know, a way somewhere else to get over. Yeah. Is there a pub? <laughs> yeah. Right, that'd be true. So, um, the ground opens, and Tishner go falling, and Slayers approach them. Cohen says he's going to go down and help them and lowers himself on a rope, but then the cavern closes, and he only gets out just in time. Apparently, that actually nearly killed him. What did? That scene. They mistimed it in a previous time and it closed on him and they just realised that it was going to kill him. Oh, because it does look urgent when you watch it. I mean, the way he pulls his sword out of the crack. Yeah, yeah, because they, 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 they needed to slow it down and he was like, no, no, let's, let's just try it again at a normal speed. But it did almost kill him at one point. <laughs> it would have robbed the world of Ken Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a shame. That's a Ergo, casts a... <laughs> Ergo casts a spell and uh, turns into a lion, which for some reason causes the Slayers to back off, even though they have laser cannons. They've only got the one shot. It's right in front of them. They're not going to miss, even those guys. 
Yeah, but you say that, but I mean, they they don't know what a tiger is. They've never seen one before, have they? Ah, that's an interesting point. Never, yeah, never thought of that before. Never seen a tiger before. Some guy just turned into this weird creature that's snarling at them. They're like, "What the hell?" I'm not. I'm sorry, but this is way beyond my pay grade. I'm not. I'm not going near this. Okay. Yeah, I buy that. Mm-hmm. Colin, Torquil, and the others find an enclosed dome. Colin stops Torquil and says, "From now on, I must go alone." Go worse, says Torquil. There's no way in. Colin removes the glaive and throws it. He chucks it. The glaive spins <laughs> inside the dome. It. Chucks it. He just lobs it one. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's had no training. He seems to be doing quite good, though, considering, really. Yeah. Inside the dome, Lisa watches. The glaive cuts through. Elsewhere, Titch walks along with Ergo as a lion. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't notice, but were they in the same scene, same shot? Was that kid actually walking alongside a lion? It looks really good. It does look like they're there. But if you look really, really closely, you can see a slight shimmer. It's a glass. Oh, yeah. there's a glass between them. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll give them the due. If it isn't, they've got some balls, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they just didn't care. Well, it was the 80s. It was the God, 80s. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. The rest of the group are trying to find the others. They are trapped when spikes come out the walls. Oswin, Tockwell, and the guy who has very few lines are speared by a slowly moving spikes. Yeah, because he, he goes back for a small knife. Yeah, I'm not sure that was going to help him. Yeah. I didn't even know who he was. Maybe there's a whole backstory to this knife. Maybe it's, you know, it's important to him. <laughs> I like how the knife has the backstory, not the character. Well, yeah, because the knife's more interesting, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> the, story, the story of a knife, it's just how it's handed from person to person and who had it Do you imagine how we, it ended we, up here. Yeah, we went to a flashback that lasted 20 minutes about this knife. It'd be like how they do American TV shows now. <laughs> you mean you need a soft rock um, tune over the top of it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and it needs to end with one as well. You know, whatever the studio latest band that they've got exactly. trying to promote. Whatever music they, they need to, to tell the audience whatever they're supposed to be feeling yeah. at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cohen reaches Lisa and uses the glaive to knock down the wall of the dome. For some reason, Lisa knows that near the centre, the beast is most powerful, so they have to move away from the Yeah, how does she, she know this? I don't know. She hasn't done anything but run around for the last hour but but i mean it, it, it's kind of you know it, it make it makes sense considering everything else i mean people seem to know things in this movie that that make you know for for some reason yeah mm. and in fairness to colwyn to give him credit he doesn't look at her and go oh you've been wearing that dress for three days you're really rank <laughs> so you know it's nice of it <laughs> but then again he hasn't taken his tights off for that amount of time either has he He's never taken those tights off. Oh, they're, they're glued to him. I mean, they're moulded to his skin. Look at them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, I mean, there's some moose knuckle going on there. So the building starts to collapse, and a battle starts with a giant superimposed beast shooting fireballs at Cohen, and he in turn just lobbing his glaive at it. That's right. Lobbing his gro- <laughs> Lobbing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, for some reason, the glaive spins in front of the beast, and this kills it. Yeah. Doesn't really do anything this glaive. It's ridiculous. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, you're waiting for this whole thing. I mean, right from the very opening credits, you see the glaive and it shoots across the screen and it gives you the tile, doesn't it? Yeah, it's rubbish. So this is going to be important. It's got to. It's, this, it, it, it's got to be important to the whole plot. But it doesn't work. 
I mean, it looks right. great. It looks great, but it doesn't really do anything, does it? Yeah. And, and when now it, the glaive... When it, Sorry, stabs the, when it stabs the beast, I mean, he just kind of, like, takes it. Yeah. And now where the glaive is stuck in the beast, and Colwyn tries to use the force, and it strains <laughs> a bit, like, with his outreached hand, and then uh, he wanders over and pulls, tries to pull it out. Which you don't see Luke Skywalker doing that, do you? You don't see Luke Skywalker going, mm, using the force, and then go, oh, just walk over and pick his lightsaber up. <laughs> Luke Skywalker isn't played by a guy called Ken. Do you ever do that with a TV remote? What's that? Like, you're on your couch, and you realise it's it's too far away. Do you ever just stretch your hand out and go, come on, <laughs> <laughs> come on, it must be possible. Use the force just to try and help it, and then it doesn't, so you have to wander over and get it. I used to do that, but I've got a small child, so I don't need to do that anymore. Oh, you have a remote for your remote? I do, so go get. Genius. <laughs> Maybe I could teach my dog to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Same principle. I'm sure you could do yeah. it. If I Probably if could, I could teach yeah. my nine um, nine, he's not nine, is he? What is he? Oh, <laughs> he's your son, right? <laughs> Apparently, uh, if I could teach my seven year old to uh, to go fetch for me, I'm sure you can teach Monty. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. Good. I like a plan. <laughs> you love it when it comes together. No. Meanwhile, Oswin and Tuck have tried to get out of the spikes. Colin says that without the glaive. Colin says without the Klingon. The, we're, we're doing Klingon now. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Yeah. Let me get my phrase book out. Colin <laughs> says without the glaive, he cannot defeat the beast. Ah, Lisa says it's not the glaive. It is you. And Colin says no. It's not just me. It's both of us together. <sighs> and I vomited. Oh no, no, no! They hold hands, and fire comes from his fingers. He now shoots fire at the beast. The man in the suit, sorry, beast, is defeated in flames. Should we discuss this beast suit? Yeah, okay, go on. You you tell me it's excellent and it's the best thing you've ever seen and that you love it. Well, no, it's a bit robbery, isn't it? I can see yeah. why they, I can see why they um why they kept, did that weird shimmery effect over over it. It's mm, not great. No, but apparently it was it was ahead of its time. So I'm told. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. All right. I don't know in what, but apparently it was. So. Okay. Mm. So the spikes now release Oswin and Tarquil. Colin and Lisa run to find the others, and they run into Oswin and Tarquil and spot the blood that is Ergo. Colin says they must rescue Ergo. At no point is anybody bothered about Titch. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up, really, doesn't it? Did you notice that? No one mentions him. No one's like, well, we've got to find Titch as well. He's just a, he's just a child. Yeah. Plenty more where that came from in the 80s. That's true. <laughs> they find them and run back across the bridge as it collapses around them. Black hole part two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Colwyn uses his flamethrower hands to blow a hole through the fortress wall and they run away as the fortress falls apart and is sucked upwards into the sky for some unknown reason. It's a nice effect, though. It's a different choice, isn't it? Rather than it just yes. exploding, it, 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 it flies upwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Upwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin goes to unlock Tarquil's manacles. He says he'll keep them on as a memento. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, 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 at no point did these manacles restrict any of his movements. <laughs> Not the greatest manacles I've ever seen. Maybe they're orthopedic. Maybe he's got used to them. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. No. And then the narrator starts to speak. Oh. Yes. Are you going to do it again? 
I think it's exactly the same as the one in the beginning. Oh, come right? on, give it to me, give it to me. Come on, come on. A girl of ancient name shall become queen. She shall choose a king. And together they shall rule our world. And the sun shall rule the galaxy. Not sure how that's going to happen because, like I said, don't have space travel. <laughs> and then we finish with a rousing rendition of the Wrath of Khan. Sorry, we do, we cruel. do, don't we? Yeah, we enter the Mutara Nebula again, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the end of Cruel. It is. Uh, end of what? Well, depends on who you, who who says it in the film. It's either Cruel, Cruel, or Cruel. It's almost like they weren't talking to each other, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Okay, so who's going first then? You can go first. Okay. I love Kroll. Is that good? Actually, <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> My turn. No, I, I mean, it, I, I know it's it's got problems. It's 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 loved up to the eyeballs with 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 British thespians, thespian up, aren't they? And um, it has the DNA of Star Wars all over it. But, you know, it's, I just think it's a great adventure movie. I mean, it's got action, it's got great set and costume designs. Um, and, and say what you want about James Horner, but it, it's a rousing score. It works really well. And for the most part, I think the effects stand up. I think they're all right. I haven't got a problem with it, c- considering that it's Derek Meddins most of the time. And I've got issues with Derek Meddins, as we've discussed in previous mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's 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 always fun, and I always enjoy this film. So for me, it's a no-brainer. I, I love Kroll, and it's it's a yes. Interesting. So give it to me. Well, the script's crap. Yeah. I mean, it's like a five-year-old wrote it. They're like, oh, and then and then they've got swords, and then and then the swords fire lasers, and the, they're all in black, and then the fortress it teleports from place to place, and the horses, the horses, they can fly, and 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 then there's an old man, and then then and then there's a there's a woman in a web, and it's like it's like, wait, are you on crack, kid, when you wrote this? <laughs> Yeah. Doesn't make any. It's not got a lick of sense about it. No, absolutely. I agree with you completely. Yeah. And it's annoying that they keep doing that, where they say like, "Well, oh, the only way we can do this is by mixing the flugels with the globulubles," and then it doesn't work. So they go, "Well, you know, there is another way." I didn't mention it before. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. I think the effects are really nasty. Some of them. Really, you think so? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think the only two things that I had a problem with was the spider and the terrible blue screen during the, the, the fire horse things. I kind of like to think the sets look like sets. Yeah, but I don't think they're terrible. Garbage. They No, they they look expensive, but in a cheap way. They're so small, too. <laughs> yes, yes. But don't you think, if you if you think to a lot of 80s films, you know, big budget movies, they did look small mm-hmm. compared to things that you see today. It's, it's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it really, on. <laughs> it's really just uh, like pastiche of other films, you know, Star Wars, African Legends. Mm-hmm. It's clearly the, the writer had all these on his shelf and he just went, hmm. If I take this from this and that from that, the St. Anthony's role is terrible. Apparently in the original script, she had a much better role. Yeah, she she is completely underused. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, for me, I, can, I, I enjoy it more than, say, Willow. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but I still find it kind of dull. Really? Yeah, I just find some of it just tedious. Like the woman in the web. That it's, no, I, this, I film's, to... this film's two hours long. I know it's 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 it is it's two hours long. I I think the only the only two parts for me that that slowed the movie down were the woman in the web, yes, mm-hmm. and the quicksand moment. The rest of it I was perfectly fine with. Well, the mountain climbing that goes on forever. Yeah, but you've got the rose in James Horner score over the top of it, so that's fine. It, it pushes it along. The last scene yeah. of the horses, which takes forever. Yeah, but it, it, just people running round. It, I don't know. I thought I thought it was interesting visuals. Nah, nah, mm. not buying it. So is this a no for you then? Yeah, this is a no for me. Ooh, our first split decision of season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you, you're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Okay. So right. from both of us, Cruel is a miss. It's not. It's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him, everyone. Listen. I think I think this is a film where, um, not to go on because we've we've said our opinion, but this is definitely one that nostalgia is playing a huge part of your opinion of this film. I would admit to that. Yes. To put this into some context. I saw this movie on the cinema three times as a kid, so that probably factors into my feelings about this film. I I, I love this movie. So. Wow, so, you, so you're pretty much half the money that they made. <laughs> probably, yes. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. All right, so that's what we think of Cruel. So join us in our next podcast where we're taking a look at a Marvel film before... They got formulaic and lazy. Oh, my God. It, it, it was bound to happen, wasn't it? It was going <laughs> to happen. We're doing oh. the all-time classic, Howard the Duck. <laughs> yes. So yes. so looking forward to this now, one. Now, you're, you're t- definitely taking the lead on this one, aren't you? Absolutely, because Absolutely. There's only... Well, we don't even need to do a podcast. It's a hit. Let's move on. <laughs> 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 oh, I might have something to say. No, you won't. Trust me. <laughs> you cut me out. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to suggest a film or TV show for our podcast, you can contact us at retrospection at email.com. You can also find us on Twitter at retrospecky, and you can also hunt us down on Facebook. And if you want to listen to the themes or the songs from the films and TV shows that we've reviewed, you can find us in our Spotify playlist. Yeah, and, and get in touch with us if you've got something to say, because you know we yeah, always enjoy. We don't, always enjoy. Don't, it. don't get us. Don't get us in touch with us if you've nothing to say, because we don't like those blank emails. <laughs> or if you've got something negative, because we're not interested in those either. So, just just. Unless, well, no, no, no. I'm interested if the negative about you, and you're probably interested if the negative about me. So as long as they get the names right, we're okay. Yes, and it, and if it's vice versa, we'll never tell each other. Oh, I'll tell you. No, I mean if it's about me, I'm not going to tell you. Oh no, I'll change the name. Oh right, okay. Is that yeah, okay. Silly me. You never, yeah, you never know, would you? Fair enough. Oh what, yeah. you mean if it's your email? Yeah, if I, it's like I don't like you're there sitting there typing stuff. Yeah. I don't like I don't like it when that Paul says too much. I think I need to hear more from Colin. Colin's the one obviously with the ideas. That's a bit angry, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
It did, yeah. I think the enemy came out then, sorry. I think he did, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Yeah, bye. <laughs>